listening to A Millennial's Guide to Modern Life with Freckles and Blue, a podcast produced by two friends discussing our generation's biggest issues. From WhatsApp to the World Wide Web, we want you to know that you're not alone. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to episode seven. Welcome back. Today we are talking about irrational fears. I love this one. I'm very excited. Okay, well, let's take it away then, Freckles. Okay, so I actually have quite a weird irrational fear. And uh, when I was thinking about this, I actually had nightmares that evening. you serious? Because I was thinking about my irrational fear and (laughs) I couldn't sleep at all. This is the definition of irrational then. (laughs) So my irrational fear is texture. What? Um, (laughs) Are you serious? But like not just text, not just like velvet. How are you alive? Like I'm, I'm fine with velvet. That's okay. No, not just velvet. I'm okay with velvet. <laughs> what the hell? It's more like the inside of a papaya. I'm sorry. Like, oh, I can't keep like, this straight. Like I don't face. like like or like Fruit. salmon roe. <laughs> or I can't I can't see any common denominator in any of these things that you just said. Or like except for they're mainly mushrooms. Fruit. Like, okay. you know how sometimes mushrooms grow against a tree? Yeah, but what is it? That... I once had a dream okay. that I had these mushrooms growing on my leg. Yeah. And that's horrible. And I would, like, scrape them off and they would grow back. Oh, that's horrible. Disgusting. Giving me some ideas for my book, though. <laughs> Disgusting. Um, so, weirdly, my sister yeah. also has this irrational fear. Of texture of and this, mushrooms this and kind papaya. Of, like, weird, like... Skin diseases, like, oh, God, like, Ooh. literally, like, can't cope. Um, oh, I so, feel so sorry for people that have them. Yeah, I feel so sorry. I mean, but that's real, like... Our rational fear doesn't, isn't, like, a normal skin disease. So, yeah. Like, we've often had a texture off together. Really? So we'll sit there and we'll come up How with a nice... How have I not noticed this about you? Because I don't like to talk about it because it's Clearly. really funny. Really no, but I haven't noticed you like squirm around certain things. But to be fair, we haven't really been hanging out around papaya and mushrooms. And So, okay, let me give you an example. So we'll sit there and we'll yeah. try and creep the other person out with the most disgusting imagination. So she was like... So I said to her, okay, imagine having pitted olives stuffed with peppers growing all over you that's and just honestly bizarre yeah and we will do that and we will no no I there. mean your behaviour is bizarre I'm not talking about <laughs> <laughs> but we will do that and we will literally talk about it and we'll be so revolted okay. we'll have to like so, go and take a shower Freckles what the fuck has Don't caused I? this irrational fear I have absolutely no idea but what's really interesting is that we both have it and that's it's weird. disgusting that's so weird yeah did you ever have like a strange irrational fear when you were younger because I think that's when irrational fears usually begin. And no. then they escalate, I think, during adulthood. But rice pudding wouldn't be okay. <laughs> okay, it's definitely a texture thing. Semolina, sem- semolina wouldn't semolina. Be, okay, be okay. Um, Yeah, there are quite a few things that would, like, gross me out quite a lot. Really? Yeah, quite a lot. I'm, like, itching already. So it's texture... Oh, yeah, I can see. <laughs> uh, is texture, like, your only thing? Um, I am claustrophobic, but like I can control that because I can just be like, okay, take a deep breath. I was about, okay, I was about to say, let's talk about that because that sounds far more legit than texture. <laughs> yeah, I don't like being in, I can't go to festivals. Really? Yeah. You feel claustrophobic in a festival? Is yeah. it because you don't like people in your personal space? So if it was all my friends, I don't mind. So it's like, people you know. It's people I like know. and have vetted. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> it's 
such a good human. <laughs> but it's more like just being, I just like feel like someone might vomit on me. Or like... <laughs> what festivals are you going to? That's weird. Um, oh my God, I remember at school once this girl vomited during an assembly. Ooh. Do you remember? That was actually an irrational fear of mine. Yeah, I don't like the sound. It sounded like, yeah. it sounded like um, a necklace of pearls dropping on the floor that's horrendous why would you put it that way <laughs> because I really thought about it for quite some time afterwards so I think when I was younger I I don't know if I've had irrational irrational fears but I think if there if I was to pick one if there was one that did plague me Just it would be <laughs> it would be um the fear of throwing up and like it, I, I do still have it now like did you know until I was 24 mm. and you know I definitely was a bit of a wild child especially in my teens um until I was 24 I'd never thrown up from alcohol because it is it was such an irrational fear of mine to throw up and this came into my life like very 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 young um that my body um I, I think even when I was somewhat unconscious because of the amount of alcohol that I consumed my body knew not to throw up like it became like it sort of reprogrammed itself so I remember being 16 at so we were at school, I like snuck off to London for the weekend, and I remember being with some friends in a club, mm. and uh, we only got into that club because clearly we were underage, um, because one of my friend's sisters was working there. We got in, and we'd been given a table, and we were having the time of our life. We were drinking enough alcohol to put down a small horse, and <laughs> I remember. Well, I don't remember all of this, what people have said, but I was dancing on the table, having the time of my life. Clearly like verging on paralytic yeah. and like that I just passed out on and I just collapsed I literally went from dancing blacked out fell on the table and I remember waking up like on the side like sort of not on the floor but on like the seats the side of the table yeah and like this would often happen I would if I you know I drink the same amount as my friends but they'd end up throwing up and I just end up passing out because that was how my body dealt with it and then when I got to 24 I remember throwing up from alcohol for the first time and I think I cried for a week after oh my god but I think it all stemmed from when I was younger because you know we used to go through those assemblies and like carol services and all this stuff and I just remember I having this immense fear of throwing up in a place where there are loads of people and that I couldn't get away like I wasn't allowed to get up and leave like I had to just stand there or I remember being in the choir at prep school and like just thinking imagine if I passed out and I start feeling sick and I'd be like imagine if I threw up and then my mouth would start watering and then I would literally like be sitting there trying to contain myself and it did it became pretty irrational yeah I think I'd rather throw up than shit myself then (laughs) Yeah, I think I would too. <laughs> I used to get really bad car sickness. Did you? Um, like really bad, like, to the extent that I couldn't get into a car without being sick. So was this like general travel sickness, like on planes, boats, or was it just Just cars. cars. And I remember going home to see my family and like it would always be like an early morning car journey. I remember being, my, my brothers and sisters being like, oh no, we're going to have to get in a taxi with freckles. <laughs> um... <laughs> The vom a lot. And I actually used to stop myself eating, like, the meal before. My God. Because I knew I would just vomit it. Yeah. And I saw it I tried just drinking milk once, and I definitely wouldn't advise doing that again. Really? Um, but, yeah, I, I have a fear of vomit. Oh, it's um, And some a random vomit. I've, like, cleaned up friends' vomit. Oh, 
but that's okay because you're like friends but it's when it's like no 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 it's still not okay if someone's throwing up I'm in the next room (laughs) sorry I'm gonna be the worst mother (laughs) oh that's so funny yeah whoever I marry sorry that's your job (laughs) I'm not doing it um they can hold your hair back I'll hold your hair back oh babe (laughs) okay so do you have any current irrational fears so I actually did a bit of asking around did you and list it um so I haven't got any analysis on this but I think it's really funny so I'm just gonna tell you anyway um so a friend of a friend has an irrational fear of fruit what literally cannot be in the same room as a bottle of fruit <laughs> what wait what like a centerpiece or just like a random apple lying on a table just like anything that is the strangest thing. Like, how do you survive? Like, how you can't even walk into prep then? No, exactly. Like, how do you vet people's like houses? Would you text them beforehand and be like, "Yeah, but what about a do restaurant? you have any bananas lying around?" Because <laughs> otherwise, I'm not coming in. I feel like that could be a deeper meaning gonna... for something else. <laughs> a banana. I'm gonna wait for her to text back, and I will tell everyone. Okay, why we'll come back and do yeah, a second we'll one on this. On. What other um, things have you found out? So I also have you ever watched that YouTube video of cats being afraid of cucumbers? Yes. Right. I found that hysterical. Yeah, so I can waste a lot of time looking at cat videos. Can you? I I look at dog ones. A a lot. Um, I also just laugh hysterically. Anyway, I had, sadly, a cat. Yeah. um, And so I assumed that these cats had irrational fears of cucumbers. Well, they do. All of them. I spend a full day (laughs) running around with a cucumber. (laughs) (laughs) Surreptitiously hiding behind doors and just like... (laughs) Poking this cucumber out the door, waiting to see if my cat would be afraid of it or not. (laughs) He didn't give a shit. Literally couldn't give a shit. And I spent the whole day doing this. Okay, so maybe cats are like humans. Some of them have irrational fears, some of them don't. Um, good news was my family was the only pe- were the only people around, so I didn't look like a complete loony. But well, now everyone listening knows that you are a complete <laughs> loony. <laughs> like I think cats are not afraid of cucumbers. It's not their rational fear. Okay, so I read Tina Brown's book um, Vanity Fair Diaries. If you haven't read it, do because it's fantastic. Yeah. Um, and it's amazing when she speaks about her life, like moving from London to America and being editor of. Um, Vanity Fair, it's incredible. Anyway, she says in the book that one of her rational fears is that one day she'll wake up and be cream on someone's face. You've told me about this before. Oh, that's freaky as shit. But, like, the the fact is, like, that is so strange. Like, how does that become an irrational fear? Don't know. Like, to generally, like, be what reincarnated as face cream? I had a dream the other night that I was an avocado in a supermarket. (laughs) <laughs> pray, pray tell what happened I just was like <laughs> anything interesting or were you just no, watching the world go by just sitting as an avocado amongst my fellow avocados okay so uh, <laughs> I, I have dreams that I am having to save my younger brother from life and death situations or I'm having to like I once had a dream that my mum was turned into a tree and it was totally normal and we used to go and pick up <laughs> We used to go and take our, our dinner out and sit under the tree with her so she wasn't lonely and, like, eat, okay? And then one day... Oh, my God, like in Pocahontas, the grave. Yeah, 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 very like that. But it was super, 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 super normal. And, um, and anyway, and then one day our entire farm 
caught on fire. And so dad was like, came and, and found um, my younger brother and I by the tree, by mum, and was like, we have to go, we have to go. And I remember just clinging to this tree going, no, no, I'm not leaving mum. And then literally the whole like grass, the lakes, the trees all burning and the fire's coming this closer really and closer. Sad. To this is my dream. My dreams are all life and death. They're so traumatic. Like I wake up emotionally exhausted. I also, on the subject of dreams, I just got one more to quickly. No, tell. please, I love this. So I another dream I had, again, both of these dreams um scarred me. They they happened when I was at prep school, so like pre-13. And um one of my closest friends when I was at prep school was a girl called Immy and she came over to play and I was out in the fields uh with her and um completely normal again she she was a she was a alpaca so <laughs> so I'm just talking to my mate Immy who is an alpaca um no she wasn't an alpaca sorry she was an ostrich she was an ostrich so we're in England I'm at my home Immy is an ostrich and um and then my like nanny or au pair at the time sort of marched into the fields and was like blue it's time to come in and have a bath and like get ready for bed and like have your tea and stuff like that you've got to go to bed it's getting late and I was just like no no five more minutes with Immy and she was like no come on now and so I was sort of like oh fine and like really grumpily stormed off and like walked like said goodbye to Immy walked back to my house and after like maybe 10 or 10 15 meters I realized that my au pair wasn't following me and so I sort of thought like in like a super huff, I like turn around to be like, where the fuck is she? And she got out a butcher's knife and was, had cut Immy's head off, the ostrich head, and was slicing salami out of her neck. <laughs> and she what? was like, and literally, and I was like, oh, you just killed Immy, what are you doing? And she was like, what did I say, Blue? Get back in the house and go have your bath before tea time. I'm getting the food ready. And it was Immy's neck. And I just remember being so scarred. And that is normal for me. I still dream to that Happy extent. fucking hell. I, I remember know. at school a friend had a lesbian dream about me and then she wouldn't talk to me for like a month. <laughs> and I didn't know. I was like, I did not know that we had a lesbian yeah. affair in your dream. But isn't that funny? Like if I, if someone does, because my dreams are so vivid and so out there and so extreme, you know, they are like quite harrowing and they're never easy or normal or like real at all. And, um, and so if I dreamt about you and you did something bad, like I genuinely would feel different about you the next for, day, yeah. yeah, for a while. Yeah. Um, I had the monopoly board dream recently. Um, I'm sorry, is this a normal thing? Yeah. So, What's that? So, <laughs> say it like I know what you're talking about. <laughs> so the monopoly board dream happened when I was quite young. Um, so I used to play a lot of monopoly mm. and, um, I also was quite dictator, dictatorial about, playing Monopoly yeah and I would be the bank as well as the iron <laughs> and um anyway I played it so much that I actually had dreams about passing go, like <laughs> passing go. anyway I haven't had this dream in a long time and the other night I had my Monopoly board dream and I was the iron and I was passing go but go was actually a petrol station which makes sense because you're like filling up right yeah um and usually you you have to pay money though not get it back yeah except do you know those wiggly men that stand outside petrol stations? The blow-up things. Yeah, and they, like, wave yeah. in the wind. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he was, like, a, a thing. And he had a very high-pitched voice, and he hands you 200 Hong Kong in, dollars. In your dream or in Monopoly? In the dream. Okay. Um, when you pass go. Okay. Um, 
I also had to sort of like a crossword clue to like. So they're very cryptic dreams. These. Yours are definitely cryptic. Um, but pretty bland compared to mine. They're very bland. But I'm telling you, if I see one of those wiggly men again, mm. I'm going to be like, <laughs> you and me. Give me some money. Give me my money, bitch. I love that. Um, okay, we, we went off on a diversion. But another irrational fear I have is swimming in a swimming pool, in a big swimming pool alone. Like when you're in the lanes. What? So if you were in like an open lake or the sea, you'd be fine. But the fine. fact that you're in a swimming pool. Why is that irrational? That's bizarre. Well, I, I think that there might be like, it might not be clean and like there'd be loads of people that swam there in the morning. Oh, so I it's know, like a hygienic thing. Yeah, I know there's like a man that has a very hairy back. It looks like a carpet. You're so funny. <laughs> and I'm like worried that the hairs will be there. But that's fine. Like I, I know I know of a guy actually who is the world's biggest germaphobe. Really? Like really, it's it's like it's quite uncontrolled, and you know it's um it dictates like I think the point of something being irrational is that it um changes the way you make decisions and it dictates how you live your your rational life. Yeah. So like for example, like you can have a fear of spiders, but if it becomes a phobia, you start making decision like the way that you react to like day-to-day life whether it's you with spiders or not like changes it shifts because it becomes irrational and um and yeah it's quite interesting actually phobias yeah phobias oh i don't i don't really like creepy crawlies like i don't like cockroaches even the word cockroach is kind of like onomatopoeic isn't it it's like (laughs) so to get slightly deeper since i know we've been talking about like Mm. swimming pools and fruit so far um (laughs) you told me before we started filming this filming recording this (laughs) um you said that you do have quite a profound irrational fear and it is to do with not accomplishing yes so unfulfilled potential yeah so I feel like I want to do so many different things in life. Mm. Like I have so many different interests and I feel time just, I'm always wary of time and it's running out. So I'm like full speed ahead with all of them. And I'm really afraid that you take one path, but maybe I was supposed to be like a really professional pianist. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you are taking piano lessons again. I am. Yeah. With you now, yay. She's great. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um but no on a serious note like unfulfilled potential like not living up to what you're supposed to live up to and that probably goes back to what we were talking about Mm. um I can't remember which episode it was but the fact that we as millennials at the very beginning actually as millennials there is so much pressure on us um to sort of achieve and we've always been told that you will be great yeah I get Um, that though Anyway, I just feel like, you know, and I, I hate seeing friends with so much potential yeah. and they just kind of... And, and how does it affect you in your day-to-day life and the fact that it's become an irrational fear? It's not, not just a fear, it's an irrational fear. Like, does that affect your mindset, affect your decisions? No, I don't think it's so bad. It's just a kind of like a, de- a depressing yeah. thing that I think about. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like, oh, yeah, maybe I should be yeah. doing that. Or like, so, and the fact that time is running out. Weirdly... Um, on that topic of um, unfulfilled potential. Uh, Last night, whilst I was doing some design work, I was listening to YouTube videos as I was working. And I was um, clearly 
like craving some profound motivation. And so I was listening on YouTube to some of the most incredible speeches. Um, and there were, there were three videos that I listened to and I'm for the life of me, I can't remember which one of the videos said this, but basically I was listening to, um, for those of you who might be interested, uh, Denzel Washington, um, (laughs) Jim Carrey and Matthew Mahoney, McConaughey, McConaughey, Matthew what? Matthew McConaughey. McConaughey. I don't know. You know who I'm talking about. He's hot. So, yeah, as you can tell, like, I'm such a frustrated actress. I'm listening to, like, loads of actors, like, speeches and stuff, but they are all, in their own right, the most fascinating of men. They're very, like, um, self-aware and, like, spiritually open, and, like, they honestly do have some insane life advice. So, like, I would definitely suggest you guys putting their name into YouTube and um, seeing what videos come up, because the three that I watched literally moved me to tears like I actually did end up crying they were so inspiring and so like moving and touching it just sort of like I listen to these things to like remind me that life is about things that are bigger than me Mm. and you know there are yeah it was just oh it just like it grounds me it centers me I love it and in one of these videos and I can't remember if it was Denzel Washington's or Jim Carrey's but he's talking about I think it was Jim Carrey's one actually but he sort of talks about how um you can, there's two decisions you can make in life. You can either go down the path, the safe path, you you can get the safe job, you can Mm. get the safe house, you can have the safe relationship, you can have a very average, safe life. And you can go down that route because of fear. So you can, you can fear the alternative. You, you might not have, um, like be brave enough to take more risk to go after what it is you really want you might fear rejection you might fear failure whatever so you can go down the safe um route which is what his father did and then he said you know my my dad made all these decisions based around fear and he went down this route because he he knew it would be safe he thought it'd be safe and yet even though he went down the safe route he still he lost his job and then because he lost his job he lost his house. So the safe route isn't always safe. And one of the things that Jim Carrey learned from his dad, above all else, was what's the point in taking the safe route in life um, when in reality it's just as temperamental and as fragile and as unpredictable as going, as like aiming sky high and going after what you fucking want. Mm-hmm. And so that's what made him go after being an actor because he was like, I could have done what my dad did, but I realized that actually it wasn't the safe route. And if that lev- level of unpredictability can happen to him, I mean, why not just go f- aim for the sky? And like, it was really, really interesting. And then he went on to explain a proverb, which I cannot remember. Love <laughs> um, but he then he then went on to sort of like he, he then explained the proverb using an analogy. And he said, imagine being on your deathbed and whilst you're lying there on your deathbed, the um, other sort of like these figures of you like are surrounding you and you're surrounded by your unfulfilled potential. Literally, that's what he said. He said, imagine there's the you that could have been a world famous painter, you know, and there's the uh, the you that could have been like a super successful this and a world-class that and a super happy that. And, and, you know, and like imagine being surrounded by the different versions of you that God or the universe or whatever higher power is that you believe in, all these skills, all these talents, talents that 
whatever this higher purpose is, has given you that you never acted on. Imagine lying there dying, looking at the different versions of you, the unfulfilled potential, the lives you could have had, the lives that you wanted, but you never went after. And it was so, it was so powerful what he was saying. And he basically just ended it with, there's no point in not trying because you, you start with nothing, you leave with nothing and whatever skills, whatever passions you have, those are callings. And if you don't try to follow them, you're going to be on your deathbed surrounded by these alternative versions of you and like what a way to go like imagine how frustrating that would be in your last moments of life to know that these alternative realities could have been yours yeah and I think a lot of that I mean that's why I try and do a bit of everything (laughs) but you do I used to have a fear or it wasn't really a fear but an inability and this is a while ago to make decisions um, because decisions are hard because you can, you always think of the what if scenario mm. and you end up making a decision and then second guessing yourself. And so I think there's a real art and practice in making that decision to the extent that I think my mom put in my, um, very sweetly in my Christmas stocking, um, make a decision pads. So it's yeah. like a pad of paper and it said decision priority, um, when to make the decision um, I actually wrote down whether I should break up with my boyfriend or not on this one. Really? I couldn't even decide how to write on a fucking decision pad. <laughs> That's, That's so funny. That's terrible. I do think like there is there is immense um, power in making a decision. Yeah. There's not just the freedom of having control over a certain situation or even just the way that you interpret that situation. But like when you make a decision the weight off your shoulders literally made it. disappears. Yeah. And also sticking to it. Make and a not decision. Make stick it, with it. And then don't second guess yourself. Just like yeah. go for it. Um, yeah. Because it's unsexy to second guess yeah, yourself. Yeah, really. That's so true. It is really unsexy. Like I can't claim to be, you know, perfect at this by any means. But I find, especially with men in like people that I'm interested in or I'm dating or whatever, one of the things I look for is someone who's the decisive. Mm. Like I don't, I don't really care if you have your wobbles here and there. Everybody does, but if you can actually make a decision and vaguely stick with it, you know that is a tick tick. In yeah, my book. you've got some direction. I love the direction. Yeah, so good, so, so good. good. So I actually have um, an ira- Well, it's not really a rational thing. We're going to say an erection. <laughs> <laughs> it's like two years. No, I don't. I promise I don't. That's really, really fucking weird. Um, No, I was going to say I don't have this irrational fear anymore, but uh, I did have it big time. So um, I, as we've talked about in many of our podcasts, uh, big, big, big traveler. My dad actually retired before I was born because he's quite considerably old older um and his biggest passion in life is traveling so I've been incredibly fortunate to travel so much with him and it's like a a passion and an interest that I've continued um and then out of nowhere probably three years ago wait yeah three three years ago no it must have been slightly before maybe four years ago I out of nowhere suddenly got hit by the most completely uncontrollable irrational fear of flying and um it was it got so severe I had to go get help and like and actually weirdly usually what I do when I'm scared or I'm anxious or I'm upset or I'm confused as I research research things exactly (laughs) so I ended up doing I became like a um 
an uncertified expert on flying and the statistics behind it. And it did help me to an extent. um, But what didn't help me is I didn't stop traveling. So I was still doing long haul flights, flying all over the world, like, you know, and, and, weirdly like statistically I knew it was the safest form of transport there is mm. and uh, I also statistically knew that the most um, dangerous part of the flight is takeoff and landing and yet those were the only parts of the flight that I felt safe for some reason it was cruising that I felt so unsafe and god forbid if turbulence even minor turbulence here i would stop breathing altogether like it got really really bad and then i knew but that you know a lot of people have a fear mm. of flying I knew it became irrational when it started uh, seeping out into other areas of my life. So I then, like if friends and family, especially family, were getting on a plane, I used to, I knew that they were flying off somewhere. I Text them. Yeah, I, I would have to call them up or text them and basically say goodbye. So I remember like, you know, if my brother was getting on a flight somewhere, I would literally call him up and for about 10, 15 minutes, I'd be like, I love you so much. Like, I'm always there for you. I can't tell you how much you mean to me. Like, you know, I am so sorry if I've ever been nasty to you or I've taken things too far. Like, I really want you to know how much you mean to me. And I'd have to actually say goodbye to them because I fully expected to never see them again. And it became a laughing joke. Like, my family and friends would be like, oh, yeah, Blue, she's sending me these funny texts again and she's you know she's she has I've got to like call her when I get to the airport because you know she's gone totally cuckoo and this got so 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 out of control that I would then start tracking my loved one's flights on that app flat flight radar yeah yeah that thing I would then start following them and if I lost data or wi-fi and I suddenly couldn't see their flight (laughs) honestly I was just waiting for that little plane icon to disappear like I was waiting for them to die and do you know why I worked this out it actually took me the whole three years of this uh, this issue for me to figure out so the two biggest losses in my life have been a very very close friend and my niece and both of these happened they got on a plane they went to another country and they never came back yeah and so I think this is why in my head I blame flying yeah what I blame I, I, I can see how it has got back to the idea of this irrational fear of flying. Yeah. For me, the idea of flying, like whether it's myself uh, or someone else getting on a plane, I don't expect them to come back. I don't expect to come back myself. And it got so severe that I ended up having to go and get help. And I actually did this thing called the lightning process, <laughs> which I don't know if anyone knows about, but it's really interesting. It's like a slightly out there thing, but it's basically cognitive behavioral therapy. And yeah, it's about, it's fascinating. yeah, it's really interesting. And it's all about rewiring your thought process and your behaviors and learning to become really aware of your thoughts and your behaviors. And when you're aware of them, you can literally stop them yeah. in their tracks, rewire them and if you think about thoughts thoughts are like streams they're like rivers so if you're continuously thinking negatively yeah um those those like thought paths in your brain they become deeper and deeper and deeper and more etched like if more and more water is going down a certain path like the stream becomes a river the river becomes a Mm big gorge like it you know it goes deeper and deeper and deeper and it's very very hard to rewire them initially because you're going against the flow but once you start rewiring these thoughts where when you're having negative um negative connotations and negative thoughts yeah like you stop them in their tracks and you actively 
push them into like a different way and then the more you do this the more it becomes a natural way of thinking and it totally 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 changed my life oh my god that's such and you know how I knew it worked it's a three-day course and it does feel pretty out there you really have to go for it like go like arrive there with an open mind and I promise you I only did this because I was desperate Mm. like other if you're not desperate I don't think you're willing to have an open mind yeah and on day two day two of this course my dad was flying to Chile and he goes a lot because my sister lives there and I go a lot and for some reason of all the flights in the world there is something about that transatlantic flight to South America that even I don't expect to survive I don't know what it is about this flight but it terrifies me and there's also of all the members of my family there's something about my dad that I am so like fearful about and so my dad flying to Chile on that flight like I promise you usually I have to go home I have to spend time with him before we get on the flight I I make him message me the moment he gets there I track his flight I don't sleep like it's really awful and I remember on day two he flew to Chile and I didn't even realize that I had barely said goodbye to him um until he arrived he he arrived and texted me because he's so used to doing this and and I remember being like oh my god he just flew to Chile and I wasn't even aware like I wasn't even paying attention but it really really helped I wonder if that kind of therapy works for anxiety Hugely. So that's why I did it. So the thing about the lightning process is it's actually, um, it's sold as a form of, um, therapy. Well, not therapy. It's like, it's like a method of healing for people who have ME. So like, um, that it has changed people's lives. If anyone listening has ME, please, please, please check it out because it's one of the, like, there isn't really like a cure or medicine or anything for ME. Um, but this thing works. Like I was on a course with eight other girls. I mean, the guys on there as well, but my course didn't have any. And, um, like most of them had ME because that's why people go. And uh, honestly, the difference in three days was amazing. There's this one girl who could barely walk. Like she was like 19 or something. She could barely walk. She had no energy. She wouldn't go out with her friends. She'd miss loads of school. She wasn't going to go to university. Like even the way she looked, she was like really like sallow and like Mm. pale and really like, I mean, like by day three, she looked completely different. She acted completely different. She had like done, she'd gone to a pub the night before because on the night of day two, you have to go and do something that you never would have normally done. And she went to the pub with her friends. It's the first time she's ever done that. She was 19. Like it changes lives. But I did it because I've never had ME. But secondary symptoms are things like anxiety, depression, um, even things like IBS, yeah. like digestive issues, like insomnia. And these are all things that have plagued me. Oh, so, insomnia, so that's that. why I went. So I didn't have ME, but I had every single one of the secondary symptoms and it just completely alleviated me. It was amazing. Well, that's the thing. We like know so much about our physical state, yeah. but we really don't know that much about mental states yeah. and like how to alleviate situations and not dig yourself into a hole so that's such a good tip to know yeah it really I think that's the only like irrational fear that I've really really had um but also just to tie all that up I actually know a fact which is really really interesting to yeah. do with irrational fears and specifically anxiety did you know that anxiety and excitement 
are actually the same thing. They start from... What? Yeah. No. No, 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 they are. Like, look it up. <laughs> Google it. She um, knows her shit. So uh, they start from the same exact point in the brain. The only difference... They are the same chemical reaction. Anxiety and excitement oh, are exactly the same. The only difference is how you interpret it. So to do with context, right? So your reaction to... You react, you you tell yourself what you're feeling is anxiety or what you're feeling is excitement and that's based on context. Chemically, they are the same reaction. They are exactly the same. They come from the same point of the brain. So a really, really, really good tip is for anyone who does suffer from anxiety, next time you feel it controlling you... um, Really, like, just honestly, say to yourself, and, and, yeah, say to yourself, I'm excited, I'm excited. Like, what I'm feeling right now, I'm excited. And actually, another thing is to physically make yourself smile, even if you are so anxious, you feel violently sick. Make yourself smile, even if it's just a grimace, and say to yourself, um, like, I'm excited, I'm excited. And you know, honestly, it makes a difference. Like, almost instantly, it really does change your mindset and your your I love that tip isn't it isn't it yeah that's great yeah so um in conclusion that's my takeaway (laughs) (laughs) now you've got to think of one what's yours freckles I'm not going to turn into a petted olive how does that help I don't know I've just been scratching all through this session um (laughs) what is my advice um irrational fears just remember that they are irrational yeah, and, and they can escalate and also, very quickly. Everyone has weird ones. Look at me. Yeah, um, that's a really I have strange. multiple. Um, but but everyone has one, and you're you're not alone on that. But also, we'd love to hear if you do. Yeah, yeah. Tell us. Irrational fears are really interesting. Yeah. I think that lo- loads of people have like fears. Obviously, everyone has fears. But irrational fears are interesting because um, they they have escalated to such a point that they don't logically make sense. Yeah. And, and once they do, like, snowball, it's very hard to get them under control. Yeah, that's true. Just like your thing with texture and fruit. Oh, God, yeah. That's I'm so not the right. fruit girl. No, I know you're not the fruit girl, <laughs> but I, you're almost the fruit girl. <laughs> I really want to meet the fruit girl. Um, okay, so until next time. Until next time, guys. We will see you soon. You've been listening to A Millennial's Guide to Modern Life with Freckles and Blue. Give us some love if you like what you've heard. Subscribe to stay up to date with new content. And remember to check back in soon. We'll be back. We'll be back. We'll be back. We'll be back.